Hi, Informed Foodie. You've just discovered the very best podcast about nutrition. I'll be casting on every food topic to give you the building blocks you need to make food decisions for the rest of your life. I'm Di Wilkinson, and I graduated from UC Davis with a degree in dietetics and nutrition. And today it's all about diets, the four-letter word. Gosh, the word diet is just so elusive because any other habit you might have, you could possibly go cold turkey on it. But we can't go cold turkey on food. Three to five times a day, we get that deep, natural, survival craving for food. And so if you wanted to get rich quick, you could come up with a diet scheme. There's so many diet fads and things out there, and they can be so misleading because they come up with maybe a new idea on a certain food. There's new chemistry that we didn't know before. That's what makes food exciting, but you can't eliminate entire food groups and survive the best the rest of your life. Um, a lot of studies are about food recall, so those aren't really scientific studies because they're about what people ate a week ago or a month ago, or do they re recall what they've eaten for years. And so I don't know about you, I have a hard time remembering what I ate two days ago. So a recall study is not something I just want to base my own diet on. Some of the diet testimonials are amazing, but very, very often the clients or patients that went on these diets and had great success were in a life crisis. So unfortunately, maybe they've lost somebody in their life or they've had a health scare. Maybe they move, they have a family class reunion, um, they've gotten a divorce. These are crises, moments, or events that really are motivators for people to change your life habits or to be successful in a diet. I really prefer to call diets a food plan because you can come up with a food plan where you can reach your goals and not feel deprived. Your dietary goal is what's going to make it all individual for you. So when I worked at a doctor's office, pre- and post-surgical patients, they all had very different goals, each one. Some patients needed to actually gain weight. Some patients needed to lose inches. Some patients wanted to lose weight on a scale. Some wanted to just lose body fat. I've also worked with clients who wanted to be in a bodybuilding show, so they needed to gain lean body mass. So the type of food plan that you come up with is very individual based on your specific goals. And so what I've always had recommended with my patients would be to start just journaling what you eat. Just start writing down the food that you eat. As gradually as when I met with them one-on-one, -on -one, we would really start to analyze what all of that was and find a food plan, again, that was very satisfying, that they didn't feel deprived, but that was meeting their goals and was still nutritious. Just think it's so important. If you want to start journaling your food, please take measurements of your body before you do that. So just your extremities, your torso, even with uh, male patients, often I would uh, maybe measure their neck. But those are the kind of things that you're really going to find success in the most and you, um, when your clothing changes. I do have a good friend, and I remember she said that she was trying so hard to be on a diet or lose weight, and she said she was buying everything organic, and she just didn't understand why she wasn't losing weight. And I just admire her so much for trying and just for you listening to this podcast or wanting to learn more about food and elements you put into your body that become you. Because we're in charge of our body for the rest of our life, we'll be making food decisions three to five times a day. So um, 
it's hard to really think about the fact that food has many, many elements that are involved in the decisions about what you're going to eat and what you're going to buy at the store. For example, just money. There's been times in my life where money was really the driving part of my decision on what type of food I was going to buy. My husband was a student at UCSF, and we had several small kids, and the budget was very, very tight. So money is a big part of it. If money doesn't uh, have an influence on the food decisions you make, then you could have a personal chef. You could have someone cooking exquisite low-calorie meals in your home. So money obviously is, is part of the elements that, that drives your decision. How about the time involved? So we are planning menus, then we're gonna go to the store or have it delivered. We're gonna take that food, bring it in our home. We're going to prepare it, get out the pots and pans or anything that we need to do, eat it. Then we're gonna be cleaning up after it. So it's the time element involved in food. McDonald's originated based on customers they were targeting, which were young uh, single males, because they weren't spending any time preparing their food. Very successful chain. Also, the appeal of food. If you think about, I'm, you know, I pick up a can of green beans, that does not look appealing to me. So your food appeal is a, is a huge factor in enjoying your food. You want it colorful, you want different textures, you want the smell. All of these things are parts of what, how we enjoy our food and, and make food decisions. If you were taking a chef's course, there was a, there'd be a big um, part of time they'd be spending showing you how to plate your food so that it really does look delicious. Another element that is part of my decision making is the calories in a food. So if I was in the NFL, I could eat 8,000 calories a day, but I'm not. So I'm trying to balance the calorie intake with the amount of money that I'm going to be spending and probably my time to prepare that food. Um, looking at the labels on the back of it. Some people spend time doing that or understanding what's in there. They really want those nutritional elements um, to be inside of their food. There could be a lot of additives in your food that you want to avoid. But additives are just part of the chemistry and it also makes food an emotional thing. So I've sat in on the couch and eaten ice, a bunch of ice cream before because there's an emotional content that occurs. Even with chocolate, it's been proven that it could be a mood elevator. So all of these different chemical compounds change your emotions with food. When you pour a cup of coffee, you smell it roasting, you put some additives in it, you're gonna sit down and have an event, maybe read a book. So that emotional element that involved with taking part of a meal or eating something, you think about the social element, here in 2020, with our virus, we've all been isolated from each other, and now we know how much we crave and need that social element. And many, many times, we're gathering with people while we're eating. So when you're making a decision at the store about what kind of food you're gonna buy, am I gonna be eating this by myself, bucket bunch of ice cream? Am I going to be having people come over? Is it extended family? Is this gonna be a, a large party event? Um, when you go out to a restaurant, you're buying food there, and some of that social influence has part of the decision-making you're there at the restaurant. I've had some of the most incredible meals at a restaurant, and when I've gone back to duplicate that and enjoy the food again without my friends, now the food just doesn't taste quite as great. And you have your satiation. So satiation is like satisfaction. So it does start with the smell and the cooking of the food, but it, a lot of it is also the mouthfeel. So how your tongue and the and the sensations that are going on with your mouth and the chewing, 
um, that you feel satisfied with that food. That is a big part of the appeal as well. And it's not just satisfied in your stomach, but a lot of it satiation has to do with the mouthfeel of that food. Some people make food decisions based on if it's local, grown locally, if it's a GMO, if um, it has organic qualities to it, the essential elements in it, or the newest study we've read possibly that goes beyond essential, that's gonna help with thinking or memory or uh, physical performance, these kind of things. So I just want you to remember how amazing you are, that you can come up with a food plan that fits your life, that's very satisfying, that you don't feel deprived with. And so it's just incredible that you wanna focus on food and look at all these different elements that are involved with food and still learn something and improve your life because you are an incredible machine, your body, and all food has a nutritional value to it. So we can use it to nourish and benefit our lives. And the best part about it is that every single day, <laughs> your food intake starts brand new again. So thank you so much for joining me and we'll chat again next week. Hi, welcome to Inform Foodie. You're listening to the very best podcast about nutrition. I'll be casting on every food topic each week to give you the building blocks that you need for the rest of your life. <laughs> I'm Di Wilkinson, and I earned my degree at UC Davis in dietetics and nutrition, and today it's all about carbohydrates, fats, and protein. When you think of food, there's so many elements to it. You've got just the flavor, the color, the taste, but you've said the vitamins, the minerals, fiber, antioxidants, anti-cancer agents, there's flavonoids, probiotics, essential oils. There's so many things in food that we don't even know about yet. But today we're just going to look at the food energy or food calories. And all food fits into only three categories as far as the energy goes. So it's carbohydrates, proteins, and fats. Carbohydrates are four calories a gram. And it's the plants that any plant you can think of, all the vegetables, all the fruit, all of these are complex carbohydrates. There's also the simple sugars and everything. They're all made of the same thing, carbon, oxygen, and hydrogen. You may have eaten an old vegetable, for example, at some point, a carrot. You thought it was unusually sweet. Well, those complex carbohydrates in there, as it aged, started to break apart and resemble simple sugar on your tongue. So they really are made of the same thing. Carbohydrates have vitamins, some trace minerals, the biggest thing is the fiber. The fiber is the part of the plant that we're not really digesting and it's going through our digestive tract. So when you look at the lower intestine, there's a lot of um, microvilli and villi, kind of more like bumps you would think. It has a lot of texture and that fiber continues to exercise, cleanse and squeeze stuff out and through your lower digestive tract called peristalsis. It's something that's constantly going on. It's very, very healthy. Your body also uses the carbohydrates for blood sugar. So it's breaking all of those complex carbohydrates and everything down to blood sugar. There's actually an enzyme in your mouth, amylase, that is rapidly starting to break stuff down to get that into the blood. Your brain will only use blood glucose. So for example, if you were a diabetic and your blood glucose was very, very low, you would go in a diabetic coma because your body can only 
brain only uses blood glucose to go on. So if you're not a diabetic, blood glucose gets really low, your body will make blood glucose out of your muscle tissue. It's called gluconeogenesis. Your body will break down muscle tissue to continue to provide glucose for your brain. So that's something that is not um, ideal for you to do. So that's what carbohydrates are about. And now we're gonna look at the proteins. They're also four calories a gram. Most proteins are coming from meat as an animal product. So you can think about, you've got poultry, beef, pork, fish, lamb, venison, all of these different animals. There's also the dairy products, all the milk and cheese and yogurt, all of those things, eggs, also a complete protein, and nuts and seeds, soy and quinoa. So proteins are made of amino acids. There's 21 amino acids, but only nine of those are essential for our body to use, build um, with muscle and skin, etc. And your body will take these 21 amino acids, it breaks down your proteins, and then rebuilds the ones, resynthesize, we say, for what you need now, what your body needs. So it's essential that you have those nine. And even with rice and beans, they have partial of the nine, but combined in 24 hours, that will still provide a complete protein for you. Protein is very important, not just for your skin, hair, and nails, all your enzymatic reactions. Every time any of your cells replicate, the DNA, RNA, all inside there, all of this is protein. Protein is really essential for living. So the World Health Organization will go out to villages and determine if there's enough protein to sustain life there for the villages. This is what they determine. And I have been um, uh, in Africa. I spent a couple months in Uganda, and I did see some children, um, beautiful little souls, that had quasi-orcor syndrome. So their stomachs were extremely distended and large, and yet because they have not had any food or protein, their body ate up, so to speak, to continue to exist their muscle tissue. So they almost um, look like skeletons, um, except they have a very large stomach. So protein is so essential for living. Uh, they recommend 0.8 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight. And what I like to kind of say the easiest way to think of that is half your weight in grams of protein. So for me, that would be 60 grams of protein a day. And if you are journaling or writing down any of the food that you've been eating, you might want to start looking at the protein content in food because uh, 60 grams a day is um, kind of almost tough to do unless you're purposely making sure that you eat protein a lot. The last category is the fats, nine calories a gram. And it's everything you can think of that's uh, made out of fat. So you have butter, margarine, tallow, lard, oil. <laughs> I consider ice cream. There's really not very many other nutrients in it, so I'm going to put that in the fat category. It's pretty high in fat. Anything with the word cream, half and half, salad dressings, most of them are, I would consider fat. So is mayonnaise. And the fat's very important for lubrication. So not just your skin lubrication, but your GI tract needs some fat too to keep that moving nicely. Your central nervous system is over 60% fat. So your brain, spinal column, all the myelin sheaths that are coating all your nerves, those are made out of fat. 
um, essential vitamins are stored in fat. So if you had absolutely no vitamin A in your body and never ingested it, you would be blind. So it's essential that your body is able to store and have vitamin A available for you to continue to have great vision and eyesight. Vitamin D, E, these are fat-soluble vitamins your body stores. Um, you also have hormones that are derived from fat. Your immunological system derives from fat. And it also gives you that satiation. So fat is very important. I've had clients who wanted to eliminate fat from their life, and they thought that they would um, lose weight the, the best, or it's a, they thought it was a good way to do it. And actually, you're not going to feel satisfied, and you may overeat in another category that may have a hidden fat in it because we almost crave that fat. Fat makes food taste very good, and there's some healthy fats. I do not avoid fat myself. Um, and we'll be talking at another podcast about ideal levels of each of these categories. But today I just wanted to touch base with all three of those and just to let you know that you are improving your life by learning more about your incredible machine. So your body is amazing. It doesn't care what you look like, but it does know how to survive. And I think that um, anyone who wants to learn more about food, is um, I just admire you t doing that because... Again, each day we're making all these decisions about food, and it becomes us. And so I really um, want to tell you that you've improved your life today, and we want to use food just to nourish and benefit ourselves. And each day you get to start brand new. So please join me again next week, and you can always check me out on Facebook. Thanks. <laughs>